Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit promised in Joel 2.28, and we equip for the outpouring so that we may engage in the outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have a very, very special friend, brother in the Lord that's with us, and he has been contending and equipping and engaging in the outpouring in the nations. You'll want to stay tuned for this podcast and hear what Peter Snyder has to say about what is happening in America based on his experience in the nations. We're so glad that you're with us today, and we just want to encourage you that if you are blessed by this podcast, that you send us an email, feedback at globaloutpouring.org. That's feedback at globaloutpouring.org. Or you can go to our website, globaloutpouring.org, and check things out, see our bookstore, and connect to our videos that we have online, and lots and lots of things, blogs and so on, that, that you'll be able to enjoy and get to know Jesus better and get to know his heart for the outpouring. So we have with us Pete Snyder today, and he has been with us for many, many years. He started out his missionary work in Haiti with his parents. They were missionaries there for a long time, long, long time. His mother just passed away recently. How old was she? 80? She was 87. 87. Wow. And, uh, and then, then God called you to China. And uh, you had a little season in Israel as well. So um, we've, we're just glad that you're with us, and we want to <laughs> welcome you to the Global Outpouring Podcast. Yes, and you know, Peter's had this tremendous experience in the nations. And you know, many, many people will go on a short-term mission trip. Right. You know, they go for maybe a week. We'll go to Haiti for a week or two weeks maybe, and, you know, or some, somewhere in the face of the earth. But it's a lot different when you're a committed long-term missionary. Yes. Because you live with the people, you adapt to their customs, and and you don't stay in four-star hotels. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> and you eat what they give you. And then our, and our last time we were in China, we were on our way home. It was December 2012. We're in the airport, and uh, you know everything is bugged at the time. I think Viber was the only thing they hadn't been able to crack at the time, and <laughs> and so we're chatting with Peter, and he had just been apprehended with a a group of pastors, and the police took him, and he, and of course he knows how to talk to the police in their language, so quite amazing. <laughs> and I remember he asked, "Well, did you have any rat tail soup?" You know, I says, "Well, not on this trip, but he's he's had rat tail soup, he's had rat kebabs, and and all kinds of other stuff, and he's alive. So you can survive. You know, going to the, you know, God takes care of you. You take precautions, but but God tells you to go somewhere." You go. You don't count the cost. You have to go. You Fulfill. do count the cost. You do count the you, cost. You count the cost, but but you say that, that the Lord's value is more worthy. <laughs> it's worthy than any of your earthly possessions is to fulfill the calling of God in your life. So praise God. So we're just blessed to have, have Peter here with us. Welcome, Peter. Well, it's good to be here. You know, as they say, East or West? 
home is best. <laughs> and I love to be here in America. I've been trapped overseas many times, and some of my friends are trapped overseas, and I've been, been praying for them that they can find a way to come home. But then, if they do get home, they're afraid they can't get back into the place of their calling because of restrictions and uh, that. So I've been in the States now for um, a, a few years. and Now you're I, a missionary to the United States. Well, yeah, that's what's happened here. Okay, so um, many are flocking to America's shores right now and the borders. They're looking to find freedom. And uh, that's what makes our country so wonderful, the freedom and I just saw yesterday where all these Haitians are coming into Mexico and waiting to get in and all the wow. people down where we live in Arizona coming across the border and people coming in from Afghanistan. And it's just they're looking for freedom. Freedom's a wonderful thing, but to lose it is unthinkable. Mm-hmm. If we yeah. lose our freedoms and we're, we need to talk about how to maintain the freedoms we have and what we can do and what we can expect in the days ahead because, you know, it's all a matter of history. We've seen things um, just loop in history, the things that uh, they were one way in the 1920s, 40s, and in the 60s. They're happening again, and they're happening in such a way that uh, I look back uh, in the 1980s and I saw, remember when uh, the uh, the Iron Curtain yeah, came yeah. down? Yeah. And I'll never forget when Ronald Reagan was over there in Germany and said, mm-hmm. told uh, Gorbachev to tear this wall down. It was just, a, you know, another um, preface to an opportunity for freedom in the Eastern Bloc. And uh, then when these things started to happen, the whole Soviet Union started to crumble. And I saw the strangest thing on TV. It was Boris Yeltsin climbing up on top of a tank and sticking his arm in the air like he was some great revolutionary. And I thought, that guy, he was a drunkard and a lush. You know, and there he was. (laughs) And they took that picture. It was a photo op for political reasons. Right. Mm -hmm. So he could be ushered in as the new leader. And I thought, how dumb is that? Can't the world (laughs) see what's going on there? But not so long ago here in our own country this year, we've seen so many photo ops just like that, including January 6th. When we saw that on TV, I looked at my wife and I said, look what they're doing. This is all a setup. Oh, yeah. And when they were doing that, I said, I wonder if people really know what's going on here. And I thought this is obvious, but the sad fact is, it's not obvious to most, especially not our young generation who've yeah. never taught by history. You know, Mark Twain said something. I'm not sure I can quote him exactly, but it was something like, it's easier to get people to believe a lie than to believe they've been lied to. Well, yeah. <laughs> and wow. uh, <laughs> we're hearing other people that are parroting that, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And, um, well, in my life, it's easier as an outsider looking in to my own culture, having been overseas for 40 years, living in Haiti, which was a military dictatorship with Papa Doc and Baby Doc Duvalier, and in Israel, that's a socialism. And uh, China, for 30 years, 
a communism. There's no true communism, but that's as close as um, anybody can come in a, as a nation to, you know, trying to share all things in common, which is what communism means. But now, in the United States of America, we're seeing things that are unfolding that are going to speak of our future. And if we don't learn from the past, we're destined to repeat some of these awful, awful, awful mistakes. The hardest thing for me to do in China was when I got there as being an American, having my freedom, was people saying, where are you going? <laughs> Why are they asking me where I'm going? Are they spying on me, watching me everywhere? <laughs> and finally, uh, then people were um, you know, following me. And it troubled me a lot. And they said, oh, don't worry. We're not just following you because uh, we want to know what you're doing. We're just wanting to protect you. Oh, yeah. And I thought, well, that's a nice thing. But then when surveillance cameras are installed and, uh, you know, you're told in China to report your neighbors for having more than 10 people in the house. And when I was arrested in central China, when I was uh training the pastors and leaders and teachers there, they brought me in and they said, you have religious freedom in China. <laughs> and I said, oh, is that why I'm here? You know, I'm sitting in the jailhouse and they asked them that. And no, you do. And I said, well, to what extent? You can believe what you want to believe, but you can't propagate your gospel. You cannot, I said, well, that's like having a car inside your house and not able to drive it on the highways. You know, I thought that's- Did you say that to them? Yeah, I said, this is absurd. <laughs> and uh, I said, also, I said, this can be a nice cultural exchange with us speaking together about things, or you can turn this into an international incident. And that scared them. <laughs> they backed away from that. But uh, the whole thing here was, um, when I was sitting there, it made me so sad because I had to know how much freedom I had by definition. So I started asking some questions. I said, am I allowed to have um, my other Christian friends come to my house? No. Oh, am I allowed to have my children come together and talk to them about the word of God since that's our belief? No. Really? Yeah. And when I heard that, I said, well, you know, how do we carry on our traditions? He said, well, you know, we let the state care for the children. And uh, that's the big core of things at the very beginning when you see a mo communist movement coming into anything, when the children are affected by things like this. Because in China, during the great proletarian cultural revolution, there were about 12 to 15 years where there was no school. Wow. No middle school, no college, nothing. And when I got to China to teach in their new colleges, we would teach class two, class three, class four, class five, all the way to class 18 when I was there. Wow. And that meant what classes were from the beginning when they started having school again. Hmm. Wow. And they dumbed down the nation and wow. they started teaching communist propaganda. The only thing that came out was a little red book and mm. it became something greater than the Bible was there. And that was another thing. You don't give out Bibles. I said, well, what's wrong with the Bible? It's the number one best-selling book in the world. No, 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 no. 
And uh, I said, you know, the Bible has salvation in it. Do you want to go to hell? I'd say that to the police. And Whoa! And then they would just flip out. And I said, but I had a, a legitimate concern for their soul. Well, we, at that time, you know, we saw many communists and government officials and police come to Jesus wow. because we held to it. And they knew that's where the freedom was yeah. in the gospel. And they knew that this was their greatest competition. And when I was building schools and doing all these things to bring the gospel into the areas, and I got arrested again, called into the foreign affairs, um, I said, what's wrong with Jesus? He's the way to eternal life. What's wrong? I, the public security knows everything you're doing. And I said, good. I hope they do because we're not doing anything wrong. And I asked the guy point blank, one of them I knew, he was the head of foreign affairs, and I said, um, what's the problem here with public security and me when I'm doing these good things? He said, Peter, do you want to know the truth? They're jealous. Mm. It's envy. And we know if we read in Matthew that the thing that killed Jesus was envy. Yes. It says that right in there in the scriptures. And so when I came home and I started seeing the things happen in Seattle and Minneapolis, I thought, I started to laugh at first. And I said to Lauren, it can't work. This can't happen. It's, it's too early for them to try to do these things. You know, they try to institute and initiate these things so quickly and so fast with the riots and everything else that um, they, it's impossible that this can succeed, I told her. And Lauren is my wife, by the way. And um, there's another thing that prevents this thing from happening and this new culture that they're called woke culture, which is nothing different than the cultural revolution in China, I said, there's no way this can happen because we are a nation of 50 states and each state has its own legislation. I thought, it's almost funny to see these things happen. And when they started happening and when they started to grow in these cities, I thought, in a way, this is a good thing because people can see adversely and negatively how these things fail and what happens when you allow lawlessness to come into an area and a place. When you do, it's trashed. It becomes trashy. The people become violent. There are worse things that happen and it grows and they contain these areas as a social experiment. And we had a wonderful president at that point who um, he said, yeah, if if I could manage that situation, I would send the police in right now and clean things up. But it's almost a good thing that we can all see now what's happening because we can get a great idea of what the future would be like for all of the United States mm -hmm. of America if this culture would prevail. And they called it the Cultural Revolution in China. And they said, workers of the world, unite. And it was a rising proletariat. And that was the workers. And the workers thought, now it's our turn. We can finally make decisions. We can ditch the old culture. But what happens in every case that happened in Russia and China and Southeast Asia, once the people or the proletariat are used, they ditch them. 
Mm-hmm. And the people that think that they're going to have some status in that movement, they get ditched too. Useful idiots. Yeah, useful idiots. But that's what Sharon and I were talking about before this and uh, said, well, who are they? That's the hard thing to define because you can say what people are involved, but it's not who they are. It's who he is. And it's mm-hmm. Satan. Yeah. yeah. Because the Bible teaches us that this is exactly what's going to happen you know, as the one world government sets in when it does at last and Antichrist comes onto the stage. Well, the rising proletariat in Russia and in China, it's the same thing here, only it's woke cultures, class conflicts. You know, look at how uh, we've been abused and, you know, uh, we, you know, need to be uh, get more benefit and there's uh, what do they call that affirmative action that set in about 15 20 years ago where um, it wasn't fair anymore because it was the person who cried out the loudest that got their way mm-hmm. and that's how debates are anymore a lot of people are just venting and when i see that today it's just the person that screams the loudest that wins a debate and there's no reason anymore but we know that's not truth there's no truth in that well, in China, these things rose up and the farmers thought that they were ruling their country again. <laughs> Schools ended for over 10 years and there was an intentional inflation that was caused within the first four to five years uh, when Chairman Mao came into power. What, what year was that? That was 49. 1949. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, this was very interesting because uh, everything was really good at the beginning. And they were saying, everyone come back. Now we're going to build our nation the right way. And people came, Chinese, overseas Chinese, they called them, came from uh, <laughs> came from Singapore. They came from, uh, from Hong Kong and Thailand and Taiwan. And they're all coming back to help build the culture. And then... Wham! Wham! Wow. The door shut. They couldn't get out if they wanted to. Yeah. And today, because of COVID, you can't get in or out unless you go through a quarantine. And I lost my company over there. And the only way I could get it back is if I would have gone in the middle of COVID, flown in there, taken the hotel at their choice at my own expense and would have no contact with anybody else for two weeks, and my wife would have to be in another room, eat whatever they gave us, and then we could participate. And then after we were done, we would have to be tested again and quarantined again when we left. Who's going to want to do that? Yeah, that's right. Nobody's going to want to. And so, you know, there was an intentional thing that's happening that are leading to a breakdown because unless things are broken... They can't build up their agenda, and they can't break it down. They can break down areas of that. However, that doesn't mean that it won't happen and can't happen because the devil is a serpent. He can twist and turn every different way to fit the circumstances. And we say, like I said last night, it's not fair. It's not fair. Well, you know, you have to fight for freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, how are we going to fight? Tell your congressman. Well, baloney, because you tell people that, <laughs> who are they? You know, there a lot of we're seeing now, and this is the beauty of it. We're starting to see everything. Who's in it for the money and who's in it because they really care about their country. It's mm-hmm. not the rhetoric that tells you anything. Yeah. So 
there was surveillance in China before, people following us and asking where we were going, and our rooms were bugged, even our bedroom. They heard Lauren and I in every movement we made. We knew it. Jenna found the microphone. And, uh, yeah, and, and if but, I could interject something quick, I was, I was wanting to do this when, when we were there. And when you're in uh, uh, hotels like this, the, you know, these were built under communism, and the same was Russia. You get out of the elevator, and each floor has a desk on it with a person sitting there. Observing. Observing. And there's one hallway. You know, there's no turns on the end of it. They can see every room who comes in the room, who goes out the room, and it's 24-hour surveillance. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in smuggling Bibles and things like that, you know, it makes it a little more difficult. But this is an idea of how they watch you. Well, that's yeah. nothing compared to with the iPhones now. Oh, yeah. And you get yeah. to now an underground school or church, huh. or, yeah. and then they pull up an iPhone, take a picture of you, push send, and there it goes to the police station. you got 30 minutes to get out of there. And every checkpoint now, every train station, if you are on a train in China, you go down, you see on both sides there's barbed wire. You couldn't get out if you jumped oh out of a train. Yeah. Huh. And they're with machine guns there waiting outside and cameras everywhere. And I thought, what's happening to China? There's no way I could do missions in China the way I did for 30 years in no. the past anymore. But here's the interesting thing. Surveillance in America has mm -hmm. become just the very same thing. Every wow. street corner. That's good in a way, but it can be used, you know, uh -huh. to uh, breach a person's rights. And I want to mention, too, you know, when Peter talked about, you know, one world government, when Jesus came on this earth, it was the type of a one world government yeah. under Rome. Rome. Rome controlled most of the True. known world, and they ruled it with an iron thumb. And some of what Rome did, especially with uh, them, with the uh, council in Cincinnati, was good. You know, they tried to, uh, if you were a Roman citizen, look what Paul could do. Yeah. So uh -huh. um, anyway, the thing now today that's in vogue in China is turn in your neighbor. If wow. you see your neighbor with uh, more than three people in the house there having a meeting, you can get $150. Wow. And, you know, this is a good deal. You just yeah. keep your eye open. And it happens like that as the structure starts building up. There are people that are watching, generally speaking. There are people that are overseeing the city. There are people that are overseeing the neighborhoods. And then there are people that are overseeing the blocks. Mm. We called that block watch here, and it was a good thing. But in China, it's a totally different thing because you have to be a party member mm -hmm. to be someone that's um, actively yeah. watching and a patriot. <laughs> and it was hard in China because um, I wondered, can a communist be saved? I still asked those questions, and I saw many that were saved, but I wondered if they really were or if they were just being Christians to get information. And finally, mm -hmm. I went to the one guy who was a head of foreign affairs to me and I said, you call yourself a Christian. I want to know how you can be a Christian and a communist where a communist is an avowed athe atheist and has to sign mm -hmm. to say that they won't believe Jesus. And he said, Peter, I'm just telling you that I am a Christian and a patriot. What else am I going to? We love our country. They love their country. Yeah. And the Chinese people are the nicest people in the whole world. 
honestly, you wouldn't think so when you see one at first, you know, and try to talk to him. But if you smile, you'll get more than a smile back. And here's an interesting thing, too. Their slogan is, uh, we serve the people. And they were, they were servants, but there is a group within the structure of communism that in China that were called Maoists. Hmm. And they believe in justice down the barrel of a gun. And they've got all the rest of the communist party scared to death. And those are mean hmm. when you're around them. I mean, your blood curdles and, um, Kind of like, kind of like Saul of Tarsus before. Yeah, breathing threats out against yeah. the and killing them. Mm-hmm. Paul had people killed, and when he Paul went through the things that he went through later, I think a lot of it was tit for tat coming back to him. <laughs> yeah, and uh, in a good way, in a good way because it brought forth redemptions. How many souls in Asia? Well. Turn in your neighbor, re-education, and it's this sort of thing now I've heard that I don't use Facebook, and if you're using it, be careful because they have everything that you have, and they can go back and do witch hunts on you too. No doubt they'll do it to me, but that's fine because I've been through it before. Here in America, (laughs) you're not used to this kind of a lifestyle, but I know that you can operate as a Christian under a socialism or a communism just as well as you can uh, in a free nation. In fact, that's when there's greater hunger. Yeah. People are hungering, you know, when you can't have the freedom anymore. Yeah. And look at all the people that are trying to flock into America through the borders, you know, and the Statue of Liberty, give us your oppressed. Oh, give us those that are in bondage and you come in and all of our ancestors that came through Ellis Island and you're seeing this and some people are getting upset about it. And I thought it should be this way, but it should be structured in a way, you know, where there's a, uh, where they, um, what do you call that? Where they process people and help them and teach them uh, a trade and find out what they do and keep families together and this sort of thing. But when you just come in and you think freedom is a free for all, mm. do as you like. That's no. not freedom at all. No. In fact, that's anarchy and chaos. Right. And uh, we look back at history and we saw how it began in Russia. You know, it all looked so good and everyone wanted to participate, but over 12 million dead starved out after that surge of prosperity at the beginning. China, conservative estimate, over 60 million starved to death, including oh, Christians, during the great proletarian cultural revolution. Wow. And then after that, into Southeast Asia, and when we got involved in the wars over there, uh, We don't know how many, but Jenna, my daughter, came back from the killing fields and she said, Dad, that spirit of death still lingers over there. And it's the worst place I've ever been in my life. It was so bad that you could feel the darkness like Moses said, the darkness that could be felt. And so uh, we're seeing these things happen, but it's not going to happen overnight. It's impossible here. But the Bible teaches that there will be a time and a con- consolidation on the earth when an Antichrist will come. There have been many Antichrists, and we've seen it happen in the past, mm-hmm. which was worse than Hitler. Seven, He's probably six, an Antichrist in every generation. Yeah. And, there, and you know what? But look at what happened after the Holocaust. 
the state of Israel. State of Israel. Mm-hmm. And the beginning of oh. the nation. And you know, when Jesus comes and he institutes his millennium, this is going to be awesome because it'll be such a changeover. And those of us that are alive and remain will be part of that. And I think we're setting up for that right now. And there's been a covenant with Israel and the United States from the very beginning of our country. This covenant, you know, has been sealed in the blood of all the patriots and the the uh, soldiers overseas that gave their lives during World War One. I. I would cry when I think about two Vietnam War. And uh, today, just doesn't seem to be that kind of care. But among the people who care, there is. Make no mistake about it, because God has his remnant everywhere. Yes. And in the United States, most of all, this was the land of freedom. It will always stand for freedom. And we can see freedoms expressed in many ways, even when we're in bondage. So that's the beauty of our country. But remember, one thing about this and the movement, and when they, especially the young people that are listening, in any case, people who join their, this cause are often ditched later and disregarded and made enemies of the state later on down the line. They think they're going to participate and be part of it, but the devil's a user. Yeah. And he kills and he steals and he destroys. I don't want to put a bad spin on any of this because I'm very hopefully optimistic, and I believe that I and Sharon and Philip here have been born for just a time like this. Yes. I'm going all throughout the United States to the churches, many that have been closed down because of COVID and now opening up again. They're optimistic. They believe that there's a season coming where we're going to have another good swing at it absolutely and we will and there's a revival coming too yeah but it's not going to be like the type of revival that we had in the past where we sensed things and oh the lord's presence is so great can you feel it no it's going to be so deep-seated because it's going to be born out of hurt like israel was born again in the nation. It's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit in a way that'll bring animation and life to everybody and everything. This is the day that we as American Christians were born for, and to be part of this generation is the greatest privilege that any Christian can ever have. Hallelujah. I'm so glad to be part of it. And like we said before, Who's behind all of this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You never know. You always say, who is they? It's Satan. This is the war of good and evil. Armageddon. Armageddon. It's the day when the the forces come together and there's one final battle and it's going to look like we're going to get our ears pinned back and killed. But then... As we waited for the time, times, and half a time, Jesus will come and put an abrupt end to this folly. And those that have followed the devil will scream and they'll come out and they'll be cast into the abyss because that is a promise, my dear friends, because there's only true freedom found in one thing, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. To him be the glory forever. He set us free. Absolutely. And those that are set free are what? 
Free indeed. Yes. I saw some of the greatest Christians, I mean, the, the world is not even worthy of in China mm-hmm. that are in prison right now, right. that have been beaten and pounded and Chinese pastors that have been kicked so hard and on and on where the police got tired of kicking them and had all of the uh, people in the, in the, that were in the prison kick them every day before that they could have their breakfast. And they mm. would laugh. And one pastor said, the guy said, well, what are you laughing for? And he said, I don't know. I'm just so happy. Wow. <laughs> you know, to be in that place where you can make a sacrifice for the one who sacrificed everything. Yes. yes. You know, our, our last trip when we were in China, we were, it was about 450 underground Christians. Yeah. Uh, and they pulled the stops out, the worship, banners. It was, it was uh, many not many, some have been to our convention here in the U.S., and they took that back with them. And it's here, we were in a Chinese um, retreat center, not for tourists. This was for the Chinese, and they pulled the stops out. And I was sitting next to a man that was in prison yes. with the one they call the heavenly man. Oh, yeah. And he was like, he spent 16 years in jail, this man yeah. did. This man didn't get out when the heavenly man yeah, did. Yeah, the heavenly man escaped. <laughs> he may not know, you know. <laughs> I know many of them. <laughs> but this man, he kept his full sentence. And it's just like you don't even feel worthy to sit next to somebody. Right. This yeah. man was a saint. Yeah, there's, there's something about the presence of God on a person like that. That's why I loved it there. I would sit next to them, and I thought, if I could tie their shoe in heaven, I'd yeah. be lucky. And I thought, why well, to wait till heaven? And I'd tie their shoe right then, <laughs> because I knew who and yeah. what they I, were. I was going to ask you that. How how did that make you feel when you met the you met some of these persecuted pastors that were just some of them? I'm in a network of tens of millions of Chinese pastors, wow. and I was the only teacher that they had because they had no Bible schools in China. When I traveled, I don't know anybody else that traveled all through China to these underground pastors, and they were so wonderful. Some of them can't read and write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just like it was in the first century Christian church. But the power that yeah. we saw, the power of Pentecost and the wow. signs and wonders and miracles, because when you have nothing, God gives you everything. And that's where faith can be really nurtured. But I wanted to say this as I see we're coming to the end of things here. Um, since 911, everything changed for right. overseas missions and for the whole world. The TSA, you know, uh, and taking your shoes off and your belt off and putting everything in and waiting to get through. That's a good thing, but it didn't have to be. But 911 changed everything. Yeah. We just celebrated that. I wouldn't call it a celebration, but commemorated, commemorated. Yes. But since COVID things have changed even more. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't even go overseas right now. Yeah. And that's okay with me because I've been stuck overseas so many times (laughs) during the Haitian revolution, during the war in Israel that time, uh, the Passover war. And in China, the Tiananmen Square massacre, when the students were rising up, it was the same thing. But since COVID, things have changed so much that you can't get in and out. Sharon and Philip were in the Philippines. We were there together. And uh, because they traveled through Shanghai, just for a minute, they asked, <laughs> have you been to China in the last year? And well, of course, Recently, they, had yeah. to say, they had to say yes. And uh, 
Well, they they had some problems when they got to Atlanta and got back in the states. But things. Yeah, this was the start of it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was at the very beginning in of COVID. February, twenty twenty. Yep. Yeah, and that's when everything for me really ended like that. But it didn't end because I just realized, and <laughs> this would make me cry. I realized my highest calling is for today and for the United States of America and my own people. The Lord has been preparing me all these years for what's now. And um, you ask yourself and ask me, well, what's next, Pete? What's next? If I knew there would be no element of faith, Mm -hmm. but faith is where the power is and you just do what the Lord has given you and be obedient and stay in the word and he'll raise you up. What'll be the next thing? What can we expect? Well, I just end it by saying, expect the unexpected and rejoice in the Lord because our names are written in the book of life. Hallelujah and glory to Hallelujah. his holy name. Let me pray a prayer here for our nation and for our Christian friends that are listening because we're all in this together. I'm starting to see how the body is operating now since we've come into these times of adversity. It's brought cohesion. It's brought sameness of mind and um, vision to all of us together. We're closer together now than we were when we didn't know what we were doing. Now we know what we're doing because we see the enemy and he's right in front of us. And Father, I pray for discernment. I pray that you would strengthen and establish us in your Holy Spirit and in the word in ways like never before. To those that are listening to this thing, I pray for a divine augmentation of the gifts of the Spirit that they have as you teach us all how to stir up these gifts that have been given to us by the laying of hands and the Pentecostal experience. It's going to burn through the world in the last days. Cloven tongues of fire, Lord, that yes, burn Lord. two ways unto per and damnation, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are part of this and that you've raised us up and we've learned what we've learned. But help us to become effective witnesses like never before, effective to the point where we will enact change and just not just pass on information. But when we pray for people, they will be healed. When we speak love and life into somebody, they will be changed, that the demons would scream and come out as they should, very well should. Jesus sent out the 70, and he sent out the 12. He gave them authority over everything, and that's what we have. And I'm calling this forth today for those that are hearing my voice. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the blessed promises there. Yes and amen unto your glory. And bless my friends today, Lord, with every good thing. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 And Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you told your disciples that the gospel would be preached unto all nations before the end. And you also gave it through through Paul in, in uh, I think it's Second Thessalonians, Lord, that, that he who restrains shall restrain. And Lord, we thank you that your church, your ecclesia, your legislative body in the earth is holding the faith. And and, And we in America have this covenant with you that we can stand on that China didn't have. And I don't think Russia had it either. But we have this we have this covenant 
that we can stand on and that we will hold fast to. That, Lord, that, that your spirit will move in this nation and in all the nations of the yes. world you, and that, you, that, that the harvest will come in fully before mm-hmm. the fullness of, of the agenda of the Antichrist can happen. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for that power and that authority. Lord, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. We thank you for this blessed hope that we have in ourselves that we can step forward and keep moving and keep moving and keep moving in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Peter, you, how many books have you written? I've written over 30 books and, um, how many of them do you have available? Well, a lot of them are out of print now because I've been out of the country for so long. Many were written in the 90s, but I have another one. It's Let's Keep Moving Again, and you can get that if you just ask for it. I don't sell my books, so if you'd like to read the story of what we've been through for the last uh, 40 years, I'd be happy to send you a copy, and if you would be happy to help me with support because I'm living by the gospel, like Paul said, and it's not an easy thing to do in this day and age especially when you're at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I'm just more interested in anything else if, if there is anybody that would be interested in uh, an overseas experience. And uh, if they would like to, if they feel they've been called, it, you could contact me at chinapete at aol.com. And I would refer you to what we're doing in education through training in ESL which is English as a second language. And uh, that's one of the things that everybody needs in this international Mm -hmm. world, global society, is to speak English in every country. And so they're looking for English teachers. I love you guys. Um, I just, I'm an end time servant too. And I have been for 22 years. And uh, this has been the greatest blessing to work with this organization. And uh, overseas, you know, we've been together in Mm -hmm. all these different countries. And it's been a great ride. And like I said yesterday at the meeting, we've done it all. Yeah. Already. Yes. We're not looking to do anything else except be pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're going to put a link to the message that you gave last night. Oh, good. We'll put that in the show notes in the Charisma Podcast Network show notes. It won't probably show up on the other platforms, but uh, if you if you're listening on another platform, go over to the Charisma Podcast Network and find this podcast, and you'll find the link to Peter's message on the Global Outpouring channel on YouTube and on our Facebook page. So uh, the, that's an available resource to you. We just uh, hope that you will enjoy more of Peter's ministry because he's he's the real deal. He is the real deal deal. and we just love him dearly. (laughs) So thanks for joining us today. God bless you. Blessings. Amen. Hallelujah. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. 
God bless you with his overwhelming loving presence.